Are you struggling with how to help your children control their emotions? Are your kids in the habit of biting and hitting when they're angry or overwhelmed? If you're listening to this podcast while covered in bruises and teeth marks, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we get started on today's episode, here is a quick word from our sponsor. Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shopparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books, and she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shopparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy. Yes, these are their real names. To help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shopparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shopparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before meaning you can get their great prices all day, every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives. Well, hey, Ginger, I'm excited about this episode today because, well, you know, just based on the amount of questions we've had about this particular issue, apparently it's one we needed to address for our listeners. I totally agree, Katie. We've had so many come in. It's just crazy how many kids are really struggling with hitting and biting these days. Mm -hmm. And so we are really happy to offer some hope and encouragement here. And Katie, I'm thinking it might be helpful if you just go ahead and read maybe four or five of these questions right out of the gate, because it could be that a lot of our listeners might be able to relate to the way these issues are playing out with their own kids. I'll probably interject a little after each question, but once you've read them all, then we'll really dive into thinking through how we can address these issues from a biblical perspective. Okay, sure. Well, Jordan in Texas writes this. Hi, Ginger. I enjoy learning from you so much. My two-year-old girl is constantly hitting my five-year-old son for no reason. He is so sweet and doesn't hit back, but sometimes I wish he would just to make her not do it again. Anyway, I tried time out consistently for a month, but it hasn't stopped her. I'm trying now to give her a small pinch on the shoulder immediately after she does it to have a negative reaction. Help, any recommendations? We also tell her, no, we don't hit, and to be sweet to her brother, and we make her apologize afterwards. Nothing seems to work. She is very stubborn. 
Well, hi, Jordan. I do understand your reasoning for saying that you sometimes wish your son would just hit his sister back when she hits him, (laughs) which would be in the line with the whole give her a taste of her own medicine approach. But, you know, actually, I admire that he's not doing that. Mimicking someone's sinful behavior isn't the best way to encourage righteous behavior. There's actually nothing biblical about that. So your son is honoring the Lord and setting a good example for his sister by not hitting back. Mm-hmm. To hit her back would be along the lines of returning evil for evil. And 1 Peter 3, 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit blessing. Now, this doesn't mean that your son should accept her hitting him as being okay, because it's not. But at the same time, it's really not your son's responsibility to train her. He's her brother, not her parent. So he should in no way feel that teaching her to not hit is his responsibility. It's fine for um, him as her brother to encourage her not to hit because we're told in Hebrews 10, 24 that we are to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so he's wise to just walk away from her when she's trying to hit him because he shouldn't tolerate abuse from her. But it's not his responsibility to administer any sort of consequence for training her in this area. So we'll look at some ways that you can try and get to the heart of her hitting and how you might can address it in just a few minutes. But let's go ahead and read another question. What's the next one, Katie? Okay. Abby in Ohio writes this. My two-year-old is hitting and biting her big siblings. Also, my middle two kids, four and six, will hit each other when they are mad. I know that I have set an example in the past of spanking them when angry, which I have put an end to. So I've wondered if I taught them that behavior. Mm, Abby, I so appreciate your honesty and just your humility here. It's evident that you have such a tender heart that is receptive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful that you recognize that you were disciplining your kids in anger and that you're now taking a more careful and gentle and spirit-filled approach to how you're uh, disciplining them now. And Just a quick side note here. If any of our listeners are struggling with disciplining their children in anger, Katie and I have talked a good bit about the dangers of that in episode 27, which was on disciplining young children. We talk about how it's actually better to refrain from disciplining altogether than to administer it in such a way that it violates God's holy intention for training our children. To discipline our children in anger is to sin against God and to sin against our children. Yes, listeners, if any of you are struggling with anger in your parenting, that is a really good episode. Another good one along those same lines is episode 19, where we talked about the dangers of scolding. Mm, Yeah, that was a good one, too. All right, so Abby, praise the Lord for the work He's done in your heart regarding angry responses, and now you're wanting Him to do that same work in the hearts of your children, and He certainly can. There have been so many times in my own parenting that God revealed to me that some of the issues that my kids were struggling with were the very same issues that I was struggling with. Even with my adult kids now, it was actually just the other day that the Lord laid it on my heart to talk to Alex about a struggle that I've been seeing in her lately. But 
the first thing I had to do was to admit to her that it's an ongoing struggle that I have as well. And I actually started out by apologizing to her because I know that part of the reason that she struggles is because of the example that I've set. So I talked to her about the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life regarding this issue and just how desperate I am for Jesus to help me in this area. And it was really neat because that gave me the opportunity to tell Alex about the specific ways that Jesus is helping me. And then she was just so much more receptive because I was transparent about my own struggle. So, Abby, it's it's so awesome the way that the Lord has helped you regarding the struggle that you were having with anger. And I really think that your humility about it might be the very thing that God uses to do a work in the hearts of your children. When we sin, the Bible tells us to confess our sins to God and to seek His forgiveness. And obviously, Abby, you've done that, and that's why He's brought about change in your life. But the Bible also instructs us to confess our sins to one another. And if I could, Ginger, I'd like to offer some encouragement to Abby here as well. You know, our children don't really need our help uh, learning how to hit and sin against one another. (laughs) I bet if we put two toddlers on a deserted island, they'd come away with bruises and bite marks with absolutely no outside influence. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. No, no, sure, they can and often do mimic what they see in our homes, but not every sin that comes into their hearts and minds is a direct result of something you know, we as their parents did or didn't do. Um, But I do appreciate your transparency on your own failings, but please know that there is grace for that. And, you know, God's mercies are new every morning. Mm, Amen, Katie. That is so true. So, Abby, you absolutely, I hope you're not doing this, but if you are, you absolutely should not be beating yourself up about past mistakes. We've all made mistakes in our parenting, and I know I've made more than my fair share, but God's grace is sufficient, and great is His faithfulness when we humble ourselves before Him. Mm -hmm. He covers our sins, and He rights our wrongs, and He sets us free from guilt and shame. So praise His holy name that He does that. All of us would be in an absolute hopeless mess without the forgiveness and mercy of God. So Abby, the fact that you did recognize that you needed to be more gentle and careful in the way you're reproving and instructing your kids, it actually says a lot about your heart for God and about your love for your children. They are so blessed to have you as their mom. And you know, I'm thinking it might be a real encouragement to them, uh, just like it was with Alex the other day, if you shared with them the way that God convicted you about anger and the way that you're now responding to that conviction. Because that's modeling for them what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus and to respond uh, to the convictions that He puts on our heart in a way that benefits others and, and definitely pleases Him. So in order to act contrary to our sinful nature and in harmony with His will, we all have to have an ongoing dependency on Jesus. He's called us to love one another and to respect one another and to serve one another. And a big part of that is asking for forgiveness when we blow it in those areas. It brings real encouragement and hope to our children when we let them see that we are just as desperate for God's rescuing grace and help as they are. Mm, That's so right. And, you know, when we do mess up, let's view that as an opportunity to model repentance and humility, even with our really, really young kids, because I think to some degree they can understand what that looks like and what that means. Um, I think that would actually have more impact on our kids than if we never messed up at all. 
Right. I totally agree, Katie. And we have to consider their age, and it needs right. to be age appropriate. The confessions right. that we're making it would be very simple, though. You know, like, you know, I really mm-hmm. struggled with anger today. You know, please forgive me. And so just little opportunities like that, I think, speaks volumes, even to really young children. They understand a whole lot more than we give them credit for. Absolutely. And God, when we're, we humble ourselves and we talk to them about our own struggles that we're having and how God is helping us, you know, that in is, in and of itself is is teaching God's Word to them. It's modeling mm-hmm. uh, the things that God's Word says and the way that God calls us to respond. And God's Word does not return void. He can speak exactly to the hearts right. of little children, even when we feel like they're not old enough to understand. And the great thing about that is they're so forgiving. I mean, they're just so <laughs> they, precious at that they age. Are. And they are. They're like puppies. They just I run and know. kiss you. <laughs> no, They're always so forgiving. And God's they grace are. just comes down when we do that. That's right. Okay, here's the next question. This is Kelsey from Kentucky. And she says, my son is two and a half and has started biting. We aren't sure what is causing it because it only happens at daycare and his teacher isn't seeing it. So many people I talk to say it's normal and some kids are just biters. I get that, but it still is not okay. How would you work through this situation with your child um, and even in school, especially not being present when it happens? And I think something is causing him to do it. Yeah, you know, it's crazy to me that so many people say it's normal that some kids are just biters. But, you know, I don't know, I guess in a sense they're right if we really think about that statement. It's normal for kids to bite because it's normal for kids to sin. Because right. after all, they are sinners just <laughs> like we are. Maybe I hope we're not biting people, but we still express <laughs> our sins in other ways. So they're in the same boat, just in a different way. But you're right, Kelsey, in saying that it's not okay. It's not okay to physically abuse and intentionally harm other people. That's sin. Mm. Now, of course, it would be a lot easier for you as far as addressing this if you were able to witness it for yourself. And I'm like you. I find it interesting that it's only happening in daycare. Since he's not doing it anywhere else, I think your reasoning that something is causing him to do it at daycare is, is a valid reason. So the question is, What's causing him to do it at daycare? Obviously, something is happening there that's not happening anywhere else. There must be something going on at daycare that's causing, I don't know, stress or worry or fear or even anger that's triggering his biting. Or even boredom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But Katie, let's go ahead with a couple of more of these questions. Okay. The last two, Randy and Georgia wrote this. My son is the sweetest kid. However, he hits and plays really rough at times. How do I help him harness his God-given strength without hurting someone? I can so identify with your this baby question. monster. That child yes, is so exactly. strong, way yes. beyond his years. So I know yes, you can he relate. We have a monstrous child. <laughs> so, so I'm sure you had to teach him about uh, mm. the, uh, his own strength there. Oh yeah, um, we're still working on that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so actually, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this one because there is a big difference between kids who are roughhousing in playful ways and kids who are responding to their anger and emotions by bringing physical harm to someone else. The motives and intentions are really very different there. One -hmm. is coming from good intentions, uh, like the baby monster, that just need to be harnessed in a a little bit, while the other is a sinful response to emotions. Now, I know some of our listeners may be thinking that it's harsh 
uh, to, for me to say that a two or two and a half year old that bites or hits is sinning. Some may want to chalk it up as just being an immature response to their emotions. And, you know, there is some truth to that. It is an immature response to their emotions, but that immature response derives from a sinful heart. Let's Mm. not forget that our little precious children that we love and adore with every ounce of our being came into this world with a sinful heart, just like we did. (laughs) Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Psalm 51, Uh, 51.5, King David proclaimed, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends Membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 836. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm. And I was like, yeah, dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. (laughs) And he said, well, I never noticed that before. (laughs) And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. One of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID, you know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him. And that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor, Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper. But my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com slash ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com slash ginger. Ginger, it never ceases to amaze me how many believers will buck against the Bible's clear teaching on this. So, you know, almost all of the negative comments we get about our podcast on social media are seemingly from believers who dislike the idea that their children are born sinners and that it is our job as their parents to point them to the gospel by requiring obedience, you know, among other things. This is just so controversial right now for some reason. And 
you know, I don't quite understand how requiring obedience has become such a hot button issue. My guess is that the world does such a great job of distorting the truth that requiring obedience can feel like abuse to us. And, you know, that's why it's so important for us to point our children and ourselves to God's word on a daily basis to avoid our reliance on the way the world chooses to parent, which, you know, that includes tolerance and permissiveness and avoidance of sin rather than gentle, loving discipline. Mm, Yeah, there aren't too many things as polar opposite than the way the world tells us to parent and the way the Bible tells us to parent. Mm -hmm. Part of it, I think, is because God identifies sin as sin, whereas the world no longer identifies anything as sin. Everything is okay. It's pretty much just all a matter of personal preference these days. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to get on that soapbox. Katie and I (laughs) have a tendency to get on soapbox. We're not going to do that today. (laughs) Yep. So, all right. So, Randy, (laughs) back to your question. In in the case um, of your child, it, it really sounds like that what you're describing may not be a sin issue with your son. It sounds like your son just needs to learn to play more gently instead of roughhousing. And let me just let me just define roughhousing. Roughhousing is basically intense physical play. And I've seen, especially with boys, that they're just wired that way. I've seen little boys who love for their dads to wrestle around on the floor with them. And I, I just think it's a healthy and male style way uh, for them to show affection for one another. But I will say that some girls are that way, too. Think Simba and Nala and the Lion King pouncing on each other and rolling (laughs) around and wrestling. And, you know, actually, I was like that, too. Katie, my older brother, Johnny, and I used to roughhouse and wrestle all the time. And I'm telling you, he was still putting me in headlocks up until the time I got married. And I think he actually did a few (laughs) times after that, too. It is a playful affection, but because it's an aggressive kind of affection, it's bound to get out of hand at some point, especially with boys, because, well, they're boys. So mm. we might have to encourage them to rein it in sometimes. Boys and girls process and respond to emotions so differently because God created them with such unique differences. It's why a little girl's idea of affection is holding hands with mom, whereas a little boy's idea of affection is wrestling with dad. It's why when a little boy likes a little girl, his natural inclination isn't to pick flowers for her. No, his natural inclination is to pick on the girl. Oh, that's so right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God created boys and girls in such unique ways. So they have very unique ways in how they express their love and affection. I love researching this particular topic. And I will say it's hard to find current research on it because... You know, the current agenda seems to be to emasculate men and to blur gender lines until they don't exist anymore. But there is a lot of older research that shows the huge social and emotional benefits of wrestling and roughhousing, especially with boys and especially boys with their dads. But my instinct as the mom and chief safety officer in my house is to step in Mm -hmm. and just prevent the wrestling because honestly... I have never had the sudden urge to tackle another human person. That's just not how I'm wired. Um, I do, however, have a very strong urge to protect the breakable things in our home and to avoid visits to the emergency room. (laughs) And I think that's true for most girls, though obviously there are exceptions. Um, But when I step in and deprive my kids of that rough and tumble play, I'm actually depriving them of the opportunity for them to learn about boundaries. Um, So, you know, when they accidentally kick daddy in a not so great area, then daddy provides some pretty quick feedback about physical (laughs) boundaries. Not to mention that boys really do express their affection through their physicality. It's just crucial to help them find ways to express that in a healthy way that everyone appreciates and at the appropriate time. 
Exactly. Growing up, my stepsons divided their time between our house and their mom's house. And I remember one time when one of my stepsons was younger, as soon as he saw his mom after being at our house for a few days, he was a little rough with her. He actually kicked her in the shin. And at first, Katie, I was a little shocked that she just laughed about it instead of correcting him for it. But then the more I thought about it, the more I really admired her response. I've seen parents be embarrassed when they pick their kids up from preschool or church nursery because their kids would run and crash into them and even go so far as sometimes to back up so they could get a running start and crash into them again. And it's typically (laughs) little boys. And it's typically not because they want to hurt mom or dad. It's just that they're not mature in how they respond to emotion and how they show affection. So they just do what comes natural to them. When my stepson kicked his mom's shin, I could tell by the look on his face and the playful way that he did it that his intention was not to hurt her. He did it because he loves his mom. He did it because he had missed her and he was excited to see her. So he responded in a way that he saw as affectionate. And she was wise enough to see it too. So she wasn't embarrassed by his behavior and she didn't call him out on it and embarrass him about it, which like I said, I very much admired. It showed tremendous wisdom and insight on her part. But for the sake of her shins, my guess is that she probably spent a little time talking to him about how he needed to be more gentle with his affections once they got home. (laughs) And you know, that part's crucial. Just teaching them where those boundaries are in all areas of life. One of my favorite books is called, and I've talked about this before, it's called Wild Things, The Art of Nurturing Boys. And um, they talk about creating a literal wrestling rink in the house. You know, like, okay, kids, I cleared away the coffee table. Wrestle time will happen on the rug, not outside the rug. No hair pulling or knees to sensitive areas. Go. You know, just having that (laughs) physical space. And, you know, it's funny to see the reaction from my boys when I occasionally, occasionally join in and rough house with them. So my 11-year-old, especially, he gets a kick out of it because he's actually stronger and almost bigger than me. And um, he's almost to the age where showing physical affection isn't cool anymore. So this is a really fun way that I can connect with him that speaks to where he is developmentally. Mm, I love that. But you're definitely braver than me, Katie. I never (laughs) roughhoused with my kids. And I think it's because I used to roughhouse with one of the guys that I worked with at my parents' restaurant when I was growing up. And when I was 13, he accidentally knocked out my front tooth. So yeah. And so um, I had to have a retainer with a fake tooth attached to the end of it for a couple of years. It was hideous. You know, I actually had a lot of fun with it, though. I I got really skilled at flicking it in and out of my mouth with my tongue. Mm -hmm. And so I would actually tell people to lean in closely to look at something on my tooth. And then when they least expected it, I would flick that tooth out and back in. (laughs) Look like a frog catching a fly, I'm sure. (laughs) Totally freaked people out. All the boys thought it was cool, though, but I'm sure they were all probably calling me frog girl behind my back. Yeah, you shouldn't have told me that. I'm going to send your mom a message and get a picture of that. I got to see that. (laughs) Uh, Show notes, look for it. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Alina in Washington says this. My almost two-year-old is constantly hitting, throwing toys and objects at his brother, who is seven. His brother never hurts him back, but does get very frustrated by the constant attacks from his baby brother. 
I'm constantly correcting. We have put him in his crib at timeout several times, swatted his butt, put him in his little corner. And although he comes and kisses his brother right after, he doesn't seem to stop repeating this behavior. I try showing him the kind way to play. My older son plays nicely with him, but he's also starting to not want to be around him because of that. Hmm. How can I train my little one to stop hurting others? And how do I help my older son show love and compassion and forgiveness towards his little brother who might not be trying to intentionally hurt him. I need all the mama help. Talking about Christ and trying to reach his heart seems impossible at this age, although I do continue to speak all those things to him. I just need practical advice on what to do to stop this behavior. Well, let's first talk about how your seven-year-old is handling it. Again, just like Jordan's son, it's admirable that he's not hitting her back. Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. So um, I would encourage him in that. Mm. That in and of itself is him showing grace and love to his little brother. And I do think it's good for you to talk to your older son about being forgiving. But at the same time, if your seven-year-old is wanting to limit the time he spends around his little brother until he learns to stop hitting and throwing things at him, I actually think that's wise on his part. And I think you should let him do it. In walking away and not spending as much time with his little brother, he's avoiding being attacked. You know, think about it. How many times did Jesus walk away when he knew that he was about to be attacked? Quite a few. Mm. Even though the one hitting and throwing toys and objects is only two years old, your seven-year-old is still being physically abused. If anyone in any relationship is being physically abused, they shouldn't be encouraged to endure that abuse under the guise of grace and forgiveness. Now, of course, the older brother does need to extend grace and forgiveness because God's Word commands us to do that, but he can extend grace and forgiveness and still protect himself from physical harm at the same time. So if that means that he doesn't spend as much time playing with little brother until little brother learns to play nice, then so be it. I see that as benefiting both brothers. The older brother is protecting himself from being hit and having objects thrown at him, and the younger brother is suffering the consequences of his actions by losing his playmate until he learns to have self-control. So yes, we need to try to reach the hearts of kids who hit and bite and train them in how to deal with their anger and express their emotions in ways that are pleasing to God. But let's also show a little grace and understanding to the abused. Let's not put them in a position where they feel like they have to tolerate abuse. And let's also, like I said, not put them in a position where they feel like they need to parent their younger siblings. Again, that's not their responsibility. That's a great point, Ginger. And I'm really glad you've addressed how to help our kids who are on the receiving end of all this hitting and biting, because we have a great opportunity there to teach them about boundaries as well. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. This is one of my favorite parts of the show because it reminds us that parenting isn't meant to be done alone. If the coronavirus has taught us anything, it's that we weren't meant to live in isolation. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Rachel in North Carolina, and she says this, Use puppy training pads when your little kids are sick. It makes it much easier to clean up when they have a pad on their pillows, under them where they sleep, etc., and place one under a potty training kiddo in his or her car seat for long car trips. Mm. Oh, man. I love this mm-hmm. idea. I, now, we bought some that were plastic, and we had to wash them in the washing machine, but this would have been a much uh, quicker and easier mm-hmm. cleanup, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, would have that's saved brilliant. me a lot of time and frustration, honestly. for sure. And along those same lines, I thought I'd share one from Alex in Kansas. And she says this, 
My tip is for parents who have young kids that still wet the bed. Layer the kids' sheets, so waterproof covering, sheet, waterproof covering, sheet. That way, when your kiddo has an accident in the middle of the night, you can easily remove the top two layers and have the bed ready to go for the rest of the night. Hope this helps. Mm, another one I wished I would have had because I know. mine were bed wetters for quite genius. some time. Yeah. So I was wide awake, you know, by the time I changed I those know. sheets. and wiped Exactly. Off the, did I, so yeah, that's brilliant. You know, Love like it. Put the baby on the floor and, you know, try yeah, to do all Everybody's that. awake by then. <laughs> exactly. Well, then I'll read you the rest of her message. She said, thank you so much for your podcast. You ladies are a huge blessing in my life. Thank you, Alex. And, you know, we just love interacting with our listeners. So Ginger and I don't feel like we're out here on an island or something, you know, an island where we just talk about Vaseline and all my stupid T-shirt ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Katie. If we ever get all those T-shirts printed you talk about and actually start selling them, I think we'd both be millionaires. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, so Ginger, we've actually run out of time for this week. Um, But next week when we come back, I know our listeners are going to be eager to hear how we as parents can reach the hearts of children who are biting and hitting and help them better express their emotions. Yes, absolutely. So Elena, we're not going to leave you hanging. I know that we only really touched on your question. We're going to answer the second part of your question and and really uh, look at ways that we can get to the hearts of kids who are hitting and biting. And we have some practical tips and some biblical encouragement there. So we hope you'll tune back in next week for part two of Hitting and Biting. Thanks, Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, could you do us a huge favor and leave us a rating or a review? This really just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, then we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on Ginger's website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they, you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story, I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, But I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment. And they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. 
GapWatches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout.